This is the I Heard Eagles podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everyone, to the Diehard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin. And the Eagles are 11 and 1. AJ Brown, 11. Jalen Hurts, the one combining for the 11 and 1 record. Uh, even as a even as an Eagles homer, admittedly, I did not see this coming. This start to the season, this and even second half of the season, there's been a narrative uh, where you know the haters, of which there are many. I mean, some of these power rankings still don't have the Eagles number one. It's insane. Last week, the narrative was, "Oh, hey, all the Eagles did was run the ball." Can they, you can't win that way in the playoffs. You can't th- win that way in the National Football League. Wait till they play the Titans. The Titans are going to run all over them. They're not a physical team. They can't throw the ball. And then we come out and we throw the wall. For me, like the thing that jumps out of this Titans game is that the Eagles keep. They can win in different ways, and this highlighted it. Like they can win with the pass game. They can win even defensive struggles when the defense plays really well and gets them the turnovers. They can win games like Green Bay, where it's kind of a shootout, but also they run the ball a ton. Uh, to me, that was that was the highlight of the Titans win. What about you, Rob? Look, I'm focused on the offense, and 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 yeah, I mean, can they win by taking advantage of what the defense has given them? I mean. Two weeks ago, they they ran, uh, you know, they were able to run like crazy. They took what the defense gave. They scored. They won. You know, this week they came in and they threw the ball. So, I mean, clearly the weapons are there on both sides of the ball. And, you know, there's going to be games when we're more balanced. But, you know, knowing that we can shift to one or the other, I mean, how does a team, you know, going down the stretch, how does a team prepare for that? Um, you can't just say, oh, we'll stop the run. Okay, well, they're going to pass. You can't say we're going to make Hertz beat us with his arm. Okay, he'll they'll beat us with the legs. So, uh, yeah, we can absolutely win like this, and I think a lot of teams would like to be able to win like this. Yeah, it's nice to know that we have that versatility, and you keep seeing it game in and game out. And I mean, uh, it's just a big credit to Sirianni overall. Um, and then you know, offensive coordinator in Steichen, and then uh, Gannon there on the defensive side of the ball to. Um, to have the team that to be able to assemble the team that we have. And um, definitely with Steichen being able to, to tee it up however we need to, whether it be running the ball is great to see as well as passing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's just awesome the way it's come around and it, it's crazy. I, I think, and maybe I'm, maybe this is insane, but it does feel like the Titans fired their general manager during the middle of the season, even though they're winning the division. Now, granted, they've kind of been disappointing, but it feels like they they fired their general manager because AJ Brown made the franchise look so bad. I mean, is that is that is that am I crazy by seeing that? No, I mean, Sean, you're absolutely right. And you know, I was just gonna talk about it, but 
this week was the ultimate, uh, you know, AJ Brown re- revenge game, right? I mean, traded, uh, you know, in the draft. I think we were all elated. Couldn't believe they would trade AJ Brown, one of the, you know, I, I think one of the top five receivers. You could argue top three this year. Um, we all saw Vrabel's uh, reaction after the trade. Clearly, he did not look happy. Um, now, you know, I get it. Maybe they didn't think they could sign him. They figured we'll get a first round pick and, you know, Traylon Burks may end up being a good player, but how do you give up a proven commodity like Brown? Um, certainly he came into this week with it circled on his calendar and, and boy, did he deliver, um, eight receptions, 119 yards, two TDs. He had that one stretch where he had two 40 yard, you know, touchdowns. Yeah. In back-to-back plays, now one of them obviously was called back for being out of bounds, uh, wasn't a catch. So what did he do? He did it again on the next play. And, you know, I mean, looking at it so far this year, 61 receptions, 950 yards, 9 TDs. He's clearly going to be the first 1,000-yard receiver we've had in a while. Um, You know, side note, Devontae Smith also is going to get 1,000 yards likely here. Um so, you know, he delivered in the ultimate revenge game and the timing of the Titans GM getting fired. I mean, how can you not draw conclusions that it's it's yeah. related to A.J. Brown after he put up the show? I mean, I can't remember the last time a GM of a winning team, I think, are they still in first place in the division? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, getting fired midseason. I mean, I, I don't know what was behind this, but you know clearly something's brewing there, and and maybe it was a battle between the head coach and the GM. I'm speculating, but certainly there's something behind this. Yeah, it's definitely intriguing, and, and uh, I mean, uh, I am curious, like what all was going on behind the scenes. You got to also think about the fact that, like, I, I don't know if it was 100 percent his fault either. I mean, AJ was unhappy. And you got to think, you know, why was he so unhappy? It seemed like a couple signs did point to Vrabel. Uh, but, yeah, it definitely wasn't a good trade in the end. And as as far as this game was concerned, I think you're right, Rob, with pointing out A.J. Brown. But uh, another thing to point out, I mean, is, is Jalen's performance uh, this past week. And I, I think it's kind of funny, you know, we're, we're prime time the previous week. He ran with his legs. He had that amazing game against Green Bay. But it, – this performance, I think, was actually the best performance of his career so far to date. And, I mean, I was looking through. He had four touchdowns total, three of them passing. Uh, for a guy who couldn't pass, I mean, come on. Uh, uh, some of those passes were amazing. Not to mention, um, he had to do <laughs> – he had to throw to uh, AJ three touchdown passes. Two of them, unfortunately, only counted. Um, but he was able to do it there. He had 380 yards. His completion percentage was the second highest in his career, 74%, which also matched, you know, uh, the the max amount of passes that he's thrown in a game in his career, which was 39. So, yeah, if you get 74%, you know, when you're throwing only 25 passes, that's one thing. But he almost threw 40 passes in this game, and uh, he was he's lights out. If you're If you're talking about the way he's throwing as well, um, he seems to have that have it down where if the defender's back is to him, he's throwing the ball to the receiver if they're one on one, and it's nice to see. He, you saw it with AJ this week. You saw it with Quez last week as well, um, where Quez was able to you know get around the defender because the defender wasn't looking at the ball and score his TD. So I, I 
just yeah. kudos to Jalen. He just gets better week to week. It is it is crazy, and now everywhere he's listed as the second uh, place guy for MVP odds. I mean, he's really nipping at Patrick Mahomes' heels, the great Patrick Mahomes, who you know the, you'll never hear the media say anything. Air Patrick. Air Patrick. Nice. Oh yes, I forgot <laughs> when they called him Air Patrick, Tony Romo. It was I wanted to throw up in my mouth. It's like dude, you reached the ball over the whole thing. It's not like you took off from the foul line or whatever the you know, like the ten yard line. He he. Jumped. It was also such a reckless play. I mean, it was so close to being a fumble. <laughs> well, and he's he's very lucky that the pylon cam uh, is limited to how high it can go up because that you know when that ball came out, who knows? Uh, I it probably yeah. touchdown, but that <laughs> Air Mahomes. Oh come on! And he lost that game. He lost that game. Yeah, he lost. <laughs> and you would you would never know. Like, of course, it's not his fault. It's not Mahomes' fault. It's Andy <laughs> Reid or not having Tyree kill. Like they. Man, do they love to make it. It's, and, it's and, funny you said that, Sean, because on the radio today, I was listening to somebody talk about the Bengals game, and I was like, oh, wait, wait they won that game. I totally forgot. It is amazing. <laughs> when when Mahomes plays you, it's like the win doesn't really count. No, no. It's all just about Patrick and the Patrick price and his discount double checks and, and what kind of stats he can put up and how he can scramble around in the backfield and hit a Travis Kelsey. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow owns him. He's three and oh against <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes. And there's no like, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes can't win the big one. That He did win one Super Bowl, but still, it's, uh, it, it is, uh, it's it only crazy. counts if Burrow uh, throws a shovel pass to beat him. <laughs> look at how creative they get a no look pass another one for Patrick Mahomes it's like God, bad. Uh, before we move over to the season stuff two other things worth noting penalties I mean it's crazy we had probably our best win of the season and penalties were just horrific it's they, they really have to figure something out. Jordan Mailata, I don't know if you guys saw but he said like I feel like we effing lost because of how bad the penalties were yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, obviously it didn't impact the game, but it was frustrating to watch. And I mean, those are things that, okay, maybe week one or two, you give them a little bit of a pass because they don't really play in preseason anymore and they're still gelling. Um, but, you know, at this point in the season, week 12, I, I don't know how those are happening. So obviously Stout's a great coach and, and I hope he gets all that cleaned up this week because down the stretch against good teams, we can't afford those penalties. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I mean, the Titans, they got a good defensive line, but it's its not amazing by any means. So, like, I, I didn't understand what they were trying to get the jump on. It seemed like Dickerson, even on one, was just unbalanced, which was just ridiculous to me. So, it, yeah, obviously, I'd like to see it now rather than in the playoffs uh, so we can clean it up. But uh, it also, I, I thought it was funny immediately. Everybody was just starting to jump all over the Christmas album yeah. as being yeah. the, the immediate reason <laughs> it was immediately. I'm like, Oh, too busy singing Christmas carols to not get the snap count. Right. Too busy. Remembering about uh Donner and Blitzen and Rudolph can't remember the plays on two. I was totally that guy. It was really annoying. I mean, some of the ref stuff, like they were clearly calling a very tight game, like both sides. There was some ticky tacky stuff. Even like Kelsey Hold, that was ridiculous. Kelsey Hold was ridiculous. I think even like one of the two, Jalen Hurts roughing were even pretty ticky tacky. Normally he doesn't Mm. get those calls. Um, So I was just, and some of that was that. But then other things like false starts, it's like, 
you, you can't even blame the ref on a false start because it's it's clearly just your fault. Uh, bright spot though, coming in to Kobe Dean uh, making his debut. Uh, Kaiser White went out with looked like a calf thing, but. Uh, you know, we had been kind of chomping at the bit to see Nicobe Dean, and it's really seemed like he delivered. Yeah, I was yeah, pretty yeah. amped about that. Um, oh, sorry, Justin, but oh, go for um, it. You know, I was all for him in the draft. Honestly, I I wouldn't have been mad if we took him at the end of the first round, second round. I was all for him, and we got him in the third. I was stoked. So, um, you know, it, we've been wondering kind of all year: is he just not getting it, or are the other guys, you know, White and Edwards, just playing so well that he's not seeing the field? So. It was refreshing to see him get out there to make some plays, and and certainly it, it looks like the future is bright for him. So that's exciting. Yeah, with what Rob said, I mean, I, same thing, and I think a lot of people were thinking the same. Hey, is he good enough to actually play, or what's the deal? And I mean, Nick Rollis, the linebackers coach, has said, you know, it was going to take him a little time to to get in the rhythm at the beginning of the season, and uh, it seems like it, it ha- maybe it took him a little bit, but once he saw the field, man, wow, was he lights out for us? It was great to see him, and it, and it kind of brings up kind of what I like about our season so far is that uh, the coaching staff has really created a great next man up mentality for these guys and gotten them ready to come in the game and just play the best to the best of their ability. I mean, not only Dean, you see Blankenship this, this game. I mean, I wasn't sure, you know, was the green Bay game an anomaly, you know, getting an interception off of uh, Rogers or something, but then he got blown by by Watson at the end of the game, but he really came in and he was hitting hard too. Uh, I think Sean, you shared with us uh, one of the plays he cleaned up. He came from about 25 yards back just to put a lick on a guy. So yeah. Was no, nice to was- see. Oh, and not only uh, Dean, I mean, Ellis got some reps at linebacker and he was cleaning things up. I think he had at least three tackles this game and and just all around. I mean, the coaching staff has been great getting these guys prepared. Um, So it's just been a good season overall. And um, if a guy goes down, it seems like somebody else is ready to to take their place. Um, Yeah. You know, with Maddox going out, Josiah Scott was able to do it. Stoll had a decent game, and Calcaterra had a catch, even though Goddard was out. Um, so there you go. Sorry, Rob. What were you saying? Yeah, no, that I was just going to say that kind of parlays into, you know, something that I was going to bring up, and it just kind of like the impact of, of – you were talking about the linebackers, but you could also look at the impact of the defensive lines so far this year. I mean, obviously, in the offseason, we had a big signing with, uh, you know, Redick. Um, he's really come on strong, um, nine sacks, uh, Hargrave continues to produce with eight sacks. Sweat has six and a half and Graham, you know, coming back this year off that injury has five and a half sacks. And, um, you know, the team as a whole, now the defensive line has 42 sacks, which is the most, uh, for an Eagles team since the 1991 team, which, you know, a lot of people think is is maybe the best, if not one of the best, if not the best defense in, in Eagles franchise history. So it's great to see us getting pressure and getting sacks, uh, you know, with the quarterback uh, with that defensive line. And it's good to see our big signing, Reddick, uh, producing. Yeah, it just highlights the um, the great schematics and game plan involved <laughs> with Jonathan Gannon. I mean, you, know, you don't even need to blitz. These guys are creating sacks left and right. You don't need to blitz. And it, the D line is great, and then Robert Quinn. It obviously has been a massive addition. I mean, you can't you can't t- turn on your TV without hearing Robert Quinn's name. Uh, I'm kidding. He he's on IR. He literally nothing from him. But we don't need it. 
And then we got Sue and uh, Linval Joseph, Jordan Davis. There was a big debate of like, was he going to be healthy in time for this game? He was. He got out there. He's getting tackles. It's um, the D line has just been uh, dominant. It's it's yeah, really and, awesome. and Sean, we didn't touch upon it, but you know we shut down Henry, which is not a small task. 11, 11 Obviously, a big concern. Yards. Yeah, yeah. So kudos to the D line uh, and the defense as a whole for that. Yeah, it was amazing. It, it seemed like people were getting really frustrated with Tannehill, who actually only only ended up with 34 yards. I think it was actually more than Henry, as you said, he had 30. But, I mean, if, if Tannehill is going to run a little bit on you, you'll take that if uh, you're stopping Henry. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, there was that one fourth down where he ran. That was really frustrating. But if the Titans, if, if Ryan Tannehill is going to outrush Derrick Henry, you like your chances in that game, especially – on a bum ankle and you know, he's no longer King Henry. He's like surf Henry, Joker Henry. Now we, we put him in his place <laughs> and it highlights for me. This is, this is hands down. I think it's, it's tough to even argue it. Nick Sirianni's greatest win as a head coach. Again, only two years. And you can maybe even argue that, that Detroit win his first year was was his greatest win just because it felt like he was losing the team after that Raiders loss. He gives the flower speech. Next thing we know, the roots are getting planted, but um, this was just an, an awesome win top to bottom against a playoff opponent. And again, this is shades of 2017 where we were beating good teams by a wide margin. That's that Super Bowl caliber team right now. And I, I'm not afraid to say it. No, I hear yeah, you. No. Go ahead, Justin. Go for it, Rob. Go. No, I was just going to say, it's hard to argue. He's, he's you know, things seem to be clicking. He's adjusting. Um, you know, I'm looking for the record, but w- what was he, Sean? It's something like 11 and 4 or something like that since his flower speech, yeah. uh, which everyone <laughs> made fun of him for. I can't find the exact uh, number, it's, but it's something in that range. I think it was. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's like 14 and 4 because he's, 11 and one, it, it kind of comes down to, do you include the playoff game? And also do you include that last game against Dallas where they rested their starters? But it it's, is, it's, it's kind of hard to remember because I think it gets, keeps getting reposted with every win. Yeah, it really <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Let's head over to the preview against the New York football giants of course sports gambling podcast.com slash win get in over there get your bets for the big game eagles at giants right now over on win bet uh you can bet the giants uh which would be a bad bet but you can take the eagles laying seven uh minus 315 on the money line giants are a 255 money line dog total is set at 46 points For me, the big thing coming into this game, we talk about how Nick Sirianni had his redemption, had his turnaround. To me, I I mean, this was the this was the scene of the crime. This was for me, Jalen Hurts' worst game as a pro quarterback was last year against the Giants. Uh, Eagles, of course, are 14 and three since 2004 against the Giants. That was one of their rare losses. And Hertz looked horrible. He was throwing into double coverage. He was just making poor decisions. I think the ankle was also bothering him, like not as an excuse, but uh, in the same way we saw a revenge game out of uh, our good buddy um, AJ Brown. I think we, could, I think we're primed for a revenge game out of Jalen Hurts. 
Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there, Sean. I mean, as, as we were saying earlier, I think this was his best game um, to date. And coming in to play the Giants, I mean, uh, I I think <laughs> we got a good case to just blow them out, to be uh, really honest with you. So uh, the other thing is I, I just don't know how good of a day of a coach Dayball actually is. I don't know how concerned I am with their coaching ability. We know their team is banged up. Um, I don't have any faith in Daniel Jones by any means. Um, so that kind of leaves coaching on the table for me. And I was just kind of thinking about it when, when it comes to Dayball. And I, a lot of people praised the, the hire. And then obviously they started off hot and they like Dayball. Um, but now that it, I'm looking more into it, I mean, the Bills, yeah, maybe they've they've slowed down a little bit this season, but at, at least at the beginning of the season with Dorsey there, didn't seem like they were missing Dave all that much. Also, you got a question like, has he really made Daniel Jones better? Um, I don't think so. I think they've just kind of seen what they got and, and they're running the ball a lot more, which is, uh, you know, um, forced Daniel Jones to – are not forced taking the ball out of Daniel Jones's hands so that he can't make the mistakes that he does. And if you are going to give credit to them, maybe you give a little bit more to Kafka, who's their offensive coordinator, than you do Dayball because Dayball ran Tony out of town. Essentially, he wasn't happy to be around him. And then you see the article. I think it was today or yesterday. There's uh, players that are upset about their playing time, and now he's talking about how he's going to talk to them individually and in private. So I, I just don't know. Is is he going to be? Is he going to be enough of a player's coach for these guys to believe in him and to continue to rally around him, especially when the guy doesn't have enough balls to uh, try and win in overtime. Instead, he's going to kick it on the opposition side of the field. And uh, sorry, I should say punt it to the opposing team on the opposition side of the field. So I don't know. Yeah, that sorry, was, I didn't, I didn't really hilarious. leave him. <laughs> um, I mean, ponting the ball instead of going for the win. Although I do remember there was a game, and I don't remember the circumstance that that happened with the Eagles. And Doug either punted it or kicked it, and and I remember we roasted pretty hard on the on the podcast after that too. Um, but you know, I, I don't know about Dable. Um, I still tend to think he's a good coach. It's his first year. Um, I think there was a lot of cultural problems with the team, and and he's done a good job of. You know, that team I don't think has a lot of talent, quite honestly. So I, I do think they're overplaying their talent. Um, but the jury's still out. Let's see what he can do after a year or two. Um, I, you know, I don't want to write him off as a division rival because I do think he could still be a good coach. Yeah, I mean, he, he got off to the hot start as a head coach, but I, I'm with Justin. Like, when you're punting, you're sending a mess. When you're playing for a tie, you're sending a message to your team of like, hey, I don't believe you guys can get the W. If I believe you could get the W, I'd let you guys go for it here. I, I think, you know, that fourth down at midfield, you, you got to kind of believe in your team. And, of course, they did get off to a hot start, but – uh, last five games, oh three and one, or sorry, one, uh, three and one. Uh, their one win was against the Texans, a game they they tried to give away. Although, honestly, obviously, we didn't do great against the Texans as well, but lost at home against the Lions, uh, lost, uh, pretty convincingly in Dallas, and then tied the Commanders. If they're, if they're wanting to get a playoff, uh, you know, run going, they, they really got to get to it. Uh, sooner rather than later, uh, Rob, you had a great, uh, you had a great angle on this game too. Something I had kind of overlooked, but, uh, Miles Sanders versus Saquon. 
Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting uh, take. Um, yeah, obviously, both Miles Sanders and Saquon, both Penn Staters, you know, Miles Sanders uh, for a bit was kind of in Saquon's shadow. Obviously, he was tremendous at Penn State. Um, as a as a Penn Stater myself, I, I, I watched it uh, and saw him firsthand. And then Miles Sanders came in and had a good, a good you know year as well when he had the chance. And and now we're in the pros, and it, it's interesting who's had the better season and who's having the better career so far. Um, you know, both have had some injuries here and there. Saquon's had more serious ones, I think, at times. But, you know, just looking at this season, uh, Sanders has 187 attempts for 924 yards. Clearly, he's going to go, you know, barring some kind of injury, he's going to go over 1,000 yards this season. Um, 4.9 yards attempt and nine TDs. Um, on his career, he's averaging, which is pretty incredible, five yards an attempt, uh, which is, you know, a great stat. Saquon, on the other hand, has has far more carries, 242 attempts uh, for 1,055 yards. So uh, only about 125 yards more, yet he has uh, about 50 more carries. Um, He has eight TDs, so actually one less TD and 4.4 yards a carry. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I I think you could easily argue that Miles Sanders is having the better season um and and potential maybe to have the better long-term career saquon came in with all the fanfare um as the number two overall pick but um certainly miles sanders is holding their own i I don't know what you guys think yeah i mean uh you you could you could make a case at times saquon barkley was better than miles sanders but certainly right now you'd be foolish not to want miles sanders moving forward uh i invited ryan onto the podcast hadn't seen him oh look what's this He's just joining us now, joining uh, from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, giant super fan. You also know him from Living the Good Life, syndicated radio network. Uh, Ryan. John laughs, but he did enjoy the golf yesterday. Yes, we went. We were on a celebrity golf uh, uh, event with Living the Good Life, and we, had, we were synced up with a former – Guy who played for the Pats and the Jets, a uh, safety. There was the um, Tim the Toolman from Home Improvement. His sidekick was there. P- Peterman from Seinfeld. Apparently, si- Peterman's wife in real life is like an ace golfer and really carried the team. Rob and Justin, you guys would be happy to know. I I probably had one of my better rounds of my life. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> 108. I mean, it was a scramble. It was a scramble. Thanks for having me. It was a scramble, and we used a lot of Sean shots. Yeah, way more than as Sean would admit that he expected. I would have. I would have had the under. I mean, we had five. It was a five sum, and we used like (laughs) my drives. As as long as there's no timer on him, he's good to go. He he thinks a five hour round's normal. Yeah, come on, that's normal. All right. Ryan, let's get your take. Saquon or uh, Miles Sanders, who's having a better career? A uh, better career? Yeah. How do you want to measure that? Uh, yards per attempt. I mean, then <laughs> obviously you guys just uh, you framed your your beautiful argument as to why uh, Miles Sanders might look better. Uh, he's never meant more to his team than Saquon. So if you're going to measure him that way, um, uh, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, lot of, I mean, Boston Scott's a pro gamer. He looks the same as Miles Sanders. So great take. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good angle. Um, Saquon certainly slowed down, but if you're going to measure him MVP style, 
Miles Sanders is like the the seventh most important player on that offense. Ryan, the the it, it appears like this loss or sorry tie uh, against the commander draw as you say in your uh, vernacular. Uh, this draw <laughs> against the commanders. This was the first time I saw some chinks in the Brian Dable is the greatest coach of all time armor. It, am I right to say this is the first time I feel like Giants Twitter and and those that are worshiping at the altar of Brian Dable have been openly criticizing? Him? I mean, I think that's the problem. It, just just because it's a church over on your side of the river doesn't mean it is one over here. I mean, the the answer is this was <laughs> Dable certainly did some things that maybe affirm some theories about what's going on. Mm. Does it seem to, uh, I went back and watched the tape and I'll take back my comments from the recap show, Sean. I do think this was more on Dable than Dan Jones. Wow. I, do, I do think that Dan, wow. I think Dan Jones played well again. I Oof. think they're once again, they're just not letting them ride the bike without the training wheels. There's a little, that is true. It is fourth year. And it is <laughs> what I don't get is he is successful when being asked to do the traditional stuff. They seem scared for him to do. Once again, Darius Slayton, second in the league and drop rate, not helping at all. So yeah, I mean, look, Dable, Dable didn't uh, the regret the the punt. It was probably a bad move, although they claim that they projected they were going to get the ball back with thirty seconds to go, just like they did. Still feels pretty cowardly. Uh, not not going to argue with any of that, but uh, they still got the ball back. Wink was calling a great game with the defense. If I was an Eagles fan, I certainly like would be scribbling down in pen on my notebook. Oh, the the pass rush finally showed up. Well, it's the first time the Eagles or the Giants had both their pass rushers. So uh, the takeaway is that Dable is still missed in Buffalo. I, I caught a little of the show earlier. Reckless take. Ken Dorsey <laughs> clearly, clearly falling off the rails without Dable. And I think to, to 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 Rob's point, this is a team without talent. Uh, they they are spending, I, I think, sixty three percent of their salary on usefulness, and they're in the middle of a little bit of a rebuild. A lot of dead money, and yeah, Kadarius Tony, piece of shit. What has he done? With the Chiefs since they got him out of town, he did get so, a touchdown. For and, he and, did get that touchdown. It could look kind of cool your, for your reckless TMZ take about the <laughs> part on being one unhappy. One player, Mister Irrelevant, a linebacker who lost his fucking job because he sucks. He's not it's, good enough to say free me. Horrible. The article said several by the, uh, the CBS article I saw. You know, I think Crowder was in there or somebody. Crowder, that's Thank the guy. You. Yeah, Mister Irrelevant. Thank you for doing your research. <laughs> So, uh, Ryan, <laughs> as a Giants fan, what matchup are you most scared of coming into this game? Uh, Boston Scott. Okay. Well, I, I came with some it. data. So I, yeah, I figured, Boston Scott, I, 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 it may sound like a joke, but Boston Scott <laughs> does own the Giants for whatever reason. Boston Scott has played six games against the New York football Giants, Sean. Or, or, or Justin, or anyone can answer this question. How many games has he played against the Giants and not scored a touchdown? Zero. Zero. How many touchdowns has he scored? He he has uh, multiple two touchdown games. I'm gonna say six. Yeah, I think he has eight touchdowns in his career against the Giants. What do you guys think? I have no idea, but based on how you frame that, I'll say six. I'll say you said he's played six against the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say ten because he scored at least a touchdown in each. So let me say ten. And I know he had that one game where he had like three. Sean, you are incorrect. Host of the Die Hard Eagles wow. podcast, he only has one multi-touchdown game. He okay. has a three-touchdown uh, game, and then a bunch of single eight touchdowns is the answer. Uh, I said eight. Question. 
Sean did say you got that right, but you said he has multiple oh, okay. multi touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> I thought he had two two touchdown games. You're, I mean, as someone who likes a DGen prop, uh, you know I'll be giving out yeah. Boston Scott multiple touchdowns. Love that angle. And uh, what about what about an angle that you're confident on? Well, I mean, you it, can't it, be confident it, in the offense. And to finish the, the point, it's because those linebackers suck. The reason that Crowder's not playing is because of Jalen Smith. He sucks as well. Uh, so yes, certainly would love to have McKinney uh, playing for this game. Is it just seems like the matchup that if I was an Eagles fan, they they should be able to run the ball. Uh, as far as the positive matchups, you know the Eagles come in with this massive like oh, our pass defense, our cornerbacks, Bradbury revenge game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking t- t- tricks on you guys. Giants don't have any receivers. Okay. The matchup is that I, I, I do think I mean, we did just stop Henry. Well, that's fine. But I do think that the Eagles have shown that they've done two things uh, less than good this whole season, defend slot receivers randomly and defending running backs in the past game. Now, uh, Saquon has not been good lately. Don't worry. They're going to have some gimmicks ready for this one because the real handicap here is not about a matchup in the X's and O's. It's not about the Jimmys or Joes. It's mm. about the fact that the Eagles just have not had success about the uh, in New York. Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts couldn't beat a shit team last year in New York. I understand you can argue it was a bad game. That was Revenge a hor- season. that was a horrible, a horrible New York Football Giants team, and they still got the dub. I mean, you can look at how Dan Jones has performed against Philly. You can look at how Philly has done in New York since 2016. Uh, Two and four ATS. Are we talking straight up against the spread? I, I don't know. Is this a gambling show? It is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the, the Eagles have not had a ton of success in New York. I do think that if, if you're an Eagles fan, you this is a horrible spot because you all you can do is win. All you can do is win. If you lose to this Giants team, if you lose to this Giants team, it's a horrible outcome. It, it, no one is even coming close to suggesting they can lose. What was the spread last time when they traveled to New York last year? Minus three and a half. What is it this year? Minus six and a half. Disrespectful lines to an underdog like Dan Jones who gets it done. This time he doesn't trip over his own feet. All right. That, that now trash talking by saying you're not going to trip over your own feet. That's why you know the Giants are in for a rough weekend. We're going to take the New York Giants behind the woodshed 31 to 17. We're going to be able to run all over the Giants defense. They can't stop any running backs. I think Miles Sanders has a big game, but uh, Ryan, you nailed it. Boston Scott, player of the game, 31 17. And my prop bet that I want to give out is Boston Scott, two touchdowns. Uh, that thing is going to pay at least like 30 to one because no one, no one understands Boston Scott dominates Rob. What is your, uh, and, and Boston Scott obviously would be my player of the game as well. Rob, what do you got for a final score and any props or player of the game you want to throw out? Yeah, I'm going 28, 14. Um, you know, not a lot of player props are out yet. So I'm just going to say Eagles over 2.5 touchdowns. Um, I've been giving this out multiple times. I've hit a couple, but I still think Miles Sanders again. I don't think it's the Boston Scott game. I think it's Miles Sanders, uh, and and he has at least one, if not two TDs. Yeah, he's been having a great year, career year for Miles Sanders, as well. Justin, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, 
Ryan can talk all he wants about whatever home field, all that stuff, and division rivals, all that. But I, I think it's just going to be a blowout, thirty-eight nine. I don't even yeah. think they score a touchdown with what they oh, have. I, I think it's going to be so bad. I'm going to predict three turnovers. One of them is going to be a strip sack by my player of the game, Josh Sweat, who seems to be coming alive finally. He's at that high PFF ranking all all year, but uh, finally he's starting to feast, getting some sacks. So he's my player of the game, and I'm. I'm going to take Devonta uh, for the over on the yards in this game. I know it's not out yet, but uh, I'm going to anticipate that he gets over 100 here with what Giants have to offer on the defensive side of the ball for us. Yeah, I like that. And does feel like Bradbury's due for an INT as well. Uh, Ryan, being the guest of the show, uh, what is your final prediction and any props you want to give out? Here's the angle. I think you you would if you're going to bet that the Eagles get sacks, they're coming up the middle. So whoever on the Philly defense is going to be running those stunts inside. It's not going to be the edge. Evan Neal has been great. He's back. Uh, Andrew Thomas has essentially been unbeatable. If your name's not Michael Parsons, I I think this, if they have any sort of success, I'm, honestly, that was my, my angle. My bet would be under the sacks for the Eagles. I think the the numbers Ooh. inflated. I think the giants offensive line has played well, especially out on the edge. And if they can, uh, if they can continue to get the ball out of his hands quickly, there's opportunity here. It's a low-scoring game, Sean. Well, well, give us a number, Ryan. 19-17. Eagles win. (laughs) Thank you, Ryan, for joining us on the show. They don't cover it. (laughs) All right, there you go. Uh, (laughs) So much talk. I didn't say who won, but you can infer. Yeah, you can infer it's the Eagles. Uh, Make sure you check out Ryan Kramer on Instagram, Instagram (laughs) at Kramer Central. Oh, yeah. Check us out on Twitter at DieHardEagles52. Follow us on Spotify. Toss us a nice little uh, rating in the Spotify for the Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Sean, stacking the money green for Rob, for Justin. Go Birds! Go Birds! Go birds.